Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, with you for another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast. It is Monday morning, figuratively and literally Monday morning, as the Pittsburgh Steelers lose 16-10 to the Miami Dolphins on Sunday Night Football, down in South Beach, prime time. Well, it was a game, we'll put it that way, the second half was completely scoreless by both teams, and it was ugly. It was ugly at times. It was infuriating at times. Plenty of blame to go around if you want to play the blame game, which we can absolutely do some of that during this show. As you know, after the game in the second half of the podcast, we'll talk about winners and losers. We'll dive headfirst into all those, as well as talk about news, injury updates, and everything else under the sun. Just a quick reminder... Make sure you're checking out all of our shows on the Behind the Steel Curtain Network of podcasts. But let's start off with the news. The injury report, well, it was a, it was not a long one. Levi Wallace, the cornerback, when he had a play on the ball in the fourth quarter that could have been an interception, he ended up falling awkwardly on his shoulder. Mike Tomlin said it was a shoulder injury that was going to need, quote-unquote, further evaluation. So we shall see. But that was it. And that was it as the Steelers head into week eight. You're thinking about, okay, are, are they are they banged up? Obviously, Akello Witherspoon was out in this game. They're going to have some decisions to make with, well, they're going to have a decision to make with Calvin Austin the third this week. Uh, his 21-day clock is almost up. DeMonte KZ, another guy who could be returning at some point. I would think he'd be after the bye week with TJ Watt. So at least right now, they're not dealing with a lot of major injuries. Levi Wallace, the only name that Mike Tomlin excuse me, listed after the game. But you know what? When I think about this this football game, which is still fresh in my mind uh, just because I'm recording after the game, this was a game of moments. Every game is a game of moments. I understand that. You're probably sitting in your car or whatever you do when you listen to my show, and you're like, well, Jeff, every football game is a game of moments. Yeah, but some more than others. Some more than others. Some, you have the, this ebb and flow of the game where it's kind of even keeled back and forth the whole time. This was not that. You think about Miami's hot start, Pittsburgh's streaky offense, which seemed to look really, really great at times and then just absolutely dreadful at others. And then you just look at that horrible second half. I, that, that second half was as bad as it gets when it comes to if you enjoy watching offensive football. That offensive performance was offensive, if you want to put it that way. But what this comes down to, and I hate to try and boil an entire game down to one aspect of football, but in this case, I think you can say one team made the plays or enough, and one team squandered opportunities. The Miami Dolphins made enough plays. When the interceptions were presented to them, they took advantage Three of them. When the Pittsburgh Steelers were presented with interceptions, they squandered them. At least four, some might say five, dropped interceptions in the game. And that's what it came down to. That, that is what it came down to. When you think about Cam Sutton's bad dropped interception, well, that was three points. That was three points. And the reason why it was three points because his drop was at the very end of the first half it, the Steelers would not have scored points off of it, but the Miami Dolphins' drive would have ended without points. And now, all of a sudden, the Steelers are only looking at a three-point deficit instead of a touchdown deficit. 
That's a big difference. It's a big difference. One team made the plays when it mattered most. One team squandered away those opportunities. Look, I've said this all year. I even said this back in 2021. With a team that is this fragile, with a team that is this fragile, you cannot leave plays on the field. That's offense and defense, folks. If you think I'm just talking about Kenny Pickett's awful, those three picks were awful. There's no sugarcoating that. You can talk about Deontay Johnson and his what he was doing on that final interception of this the last Steelers drive. They weren't on the same page as what, what was wrong. Deontay Johnson was going to the back corner. Kenny Pickett thought he'd come to the front corner, the front pylon. That's why it looked as bad as it was. So this is not just about Kenny Pickett. The defense, it, you cannot leave plays on the field. When you're ta- I don't care if you're talking about the pass rush, being able to get home, not allowing a, a quarterback with the mobility of Tua to, to kind of manipulate the pocket and move around, whether it is those interception opportunities that I mentioned. I, there were some of them. I, I think it was the Cam Sutton interception. I hate to keep harping on that one. It just keeps coming to mind. I tweeted out, man, that, that was a tough play. Then they showed a replay, and I said, I take that back. That should have been an interception because there are some times where, you know, a defender, that, that's a, it's a difficult position to play. It really is. And when you think about the time that they have or lack thereof to sometimes get their head around, find the ball, and then make a play, it's, it's different. A receiver knows where the football is supposed to be. They know the route. They know the quarterback. It's different. But that, that was a play that has to be made. Terrell Edmonds' interception is a play that has to be made. A team that is this fragile cannot withstand these missed opportunities. But the one thing I can't get through my head as I sit here and think about this game is the offense only putting up 10 points. Miami's defense, although they were decent in some categories, they are not considered a top-tier defense in the NFL. Not even close. They are aggressive. I loved what Kevin Smith on our Here We Go Steelers podcast that runs every Friday, what he said about how Brian Flores may have left, but a lot of what he liked to do on defense is still there. They do mix up their coverages. They give quarterbacks different looks. This was a challenge for Kenny Pickett. And for the most part, Kenny Pickett manipulated it well. I'm not going to say he did it great. Obviously, he got confused on more than one occasion. Two of the three picks were absolutely rookie mistakes. Rookie mistakes. We'll talk about that more in the second half. But the offense, the Steelers' inability to put points on the board, they only averaged 16 points per game coming into this. That's going to drop after only scoring 10 on primetime. So what is wrong with the Steelers' offense? That is the big thing here. That's what everyone wants to know. What is the problem? Is it the offensive line? I don't think so. I really don't. What about the running game? Yeah, I think that is a problem. And when you think about this game, they they had the 23 carries for 95 yards. It's a 4.1 average. That is not bad. But they just can't run it seemingly with the consistency that would have them be more balanced. I understand that in the fourth quarter, they had to throw it more. Kenny Pickett threw the ball 44 times in this game. That's not balance. And when you get down to those stretches where you're talking four-minute drill, two-minute drill, you don't always have the luxury of being able to still run the football, especially that last drive with about a minute and a half left, no timeouts left. You're not running the football. I get that. I really do. 
but it just seems like it is a struggle to get this team to 100 yards rushing as a team. I'm not even talking about Najee Harris. Najee Harris hasn't sniffed 100 yards in a long time. I think the last time he even came close to being a 100-yard rusher was in the, the final home game of last season when Ben Roethlisberger rushed for over 100 against Cleveland. He finishes with 17 carries for 65 yards. It just It's just not good. So that makes me then think twice about what I said about the offensive line. Is the offensive line the issue? Well, no. Pass protection, they are, they've are they done a great job, I think. I thought they did a great job. They gave up two sacks uh, in the game against Miami, but they've done a good job in pass pro, but they're run blocking. Maybe the offensive line being able to run block and be more road graders, that's what they need to do and what needs to improve. Just a thought. Is it the pass catchers? I mean, yeah, everyone wants to look back at like Dante Johnson, Chase Claypool, and in Buffalo, it was bad. It was bad all around. Uh, but in this game, I, I can't say it was awful. I mean, when you look at the stat line for the pass catchers, when you're just looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers pass catchers, you had players like uh, Pat Fryermuth, perfect example, led the team with, with, with uh, 75 yards receiving. He had nine targets, eight catches. George Pickens, six targets, six catches. Uh, Chase Claypool, eight targets, five catches. Deontay Johnson, this is the this is a big disparity here. Uh, Ten targets, five catches. But for the most part, I don't think it's the Steelers' pass catchers that are being that that are a problem. I don't. And what about the quarterback play? Yeah, I, I think the quarterback play is has been a problem. The rookie mistakes, I mentioned those. You saw those two, the first two Kenny Pickett interceptions. They were classic rookie mistakes. They're showing you a coverage. You think you have the play, the route to beat that coverage, and they bait you into that throw. They bait you into it. And this this is not anything new, folks. I mean, how long have you been watching football? If the answer is I've been watching for a while, then you've seen a myriad of rookie quarterbacks make similar throws and similar mistakes. And yes, some of them being very good quarterbacks in a, for their career. But yeah, Kenny Pickett is is going through some of those growing pains. And we all said it. We all said it. I'm not excusing it. It's not good. It is not good. Seven interceptions so far on the season is not good. And not when you've only played in 12 quarters. But ultimately, I do think the quarterback play at times has also been above average. Again, not great, but above average. Now, play calling. Play calling. Yeah, I think the play calling is an issue. I've always been a guy that says the players have to go execute. But then there is also the part of me that says that a coach has to put his players in position to succeed. And I'm not sure if that's happening. When you think about... The, the little cute plays that the Steelers tend to run, and they love to run them on first down. If Jeff Hartman, a layman when it comes to the X's and O's of football, someone that does not know the intricacies of the game like many others do, if I can sit there and say that, wow, on first and 10, they love to do their little gadget plays, the little shovel pass to Zach Gentry, the double reverse to Chase Claypool, uh, the student body left or student body right sweep to Najee Harris. That's what they like to do, and that's when they like to do it. If I know that, then you got to imagine that the defense knows that as well. So these cute little plays, I just don't get it. And then there's still those lulls where he goes into, and I say he, talking about Matt Canada, he goes into this run, run, pass. 
Well, they might as well throw a second P word at the very end. Run, run, pass, punt. That's what we used to say with Randy Feetner as the offensive coordinator in Randy Land. The run, run, pass, punt. R-R-P-P. Run, run, pass, punt. That's exactly what the Steelers fell into. They've done it every single game now. And this is not like Kenny Pickett is audibling at the line of scrimmage into runs in first down. It, he He's not, I mean, he is audible. Done it a couple times. He did it again on Sunday night. But still, it's one of those situations where you're watching and you're thinking to yourself, this is infuriating. And when they do allow a throw on first down, it's almost always one of those quick outs. They're just trying to get some yardage on first down, trying to set up a manageable third and short. How many times against the Dolphins did the Steelers face a third and four or less? The answer is a lot. And they finished four for 14 on third downs. So it's great when you're sitting there and you're creating these third and manageables, but if you can't convert on third downs, it's absolutely pointless. You know, Mike McDaniels at halftime, he talked to the media and he said, we feel really confident in our third down defensive package. We just need to execute. Seemed like they figured it out in the second half. It definitely felt like they, they, they figured it out. What this comes down to, whether you're talking the offensive line, quarterback play, the running game, play calling, the pass catchers, doesn't matter. The Steelers just have to be able to finish. When the field gets shorter, the the margin for error almost disappears. The windows for the quarterback, they get tiny. The anticipation goes up, meaning you have to anticipate where the player is going to be. You have to be on the same page. I talked about the last interception in Kenny Pickett's one-minute post-game press conference, which, by the way, Kenny Pickett stands up there, and he's ready to answer questions. And the Pittsburgh media, that the contingent that is in South Beach, in Miami, they ask, I think, two questions. And then someone comes in late and asks a question that was already asked. Pickett answers. One minute, 10 seconds, or around there, it's done. And I'm th- thinking to myself, wait a second. All these people that are in that room are going to rip this guy to shreds. And he deserves a lot of blame. We'll get to my winners and losers in the second half. But then it's, it's time to ask like honest questions to this guy who's a rookie, and they don't say anything. I don't get it. I really don't get it. But what they the, this offense needs to be able to do is just finish. Finish with points on the board. I guess, yeah, sure, you, some will say, well, they were in field goal range. It doesn't matter. you got to put up touchdowns in this league. You've got offenses that are putting up 40 points in a game. 40 points in a game. I mean, my gosh, it feels like the Steelers feels like, not not actual mathematic addition here. You know, we're not doing that and the number stuff, but it feels like the Steelers have struggled to put 40 points up the entire season. You know, it just it's unbelievable. But the one thing with the defense, the defense stepped up. I'll give them credit. We talked about the Miami hot start early on in the podcast. They stepped up, but they're not free of blame either. You talk about the slow start. They gave up 13 points in the first quarter. It looked like they were not even prepared to go up against Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. What in the world were these people planning on? Did they think Skylar Thompson was going to come out of the locker room and replace Tua because I don't know why? It's just idiotic. The pass rush is just completely gone. Yes, TJ Watt will be back, and I know that Alex Highsmith leads the NFL in sacks, and that's all well and good but the pass rush is just non-existent. And no, they're not blitzing. 
They wanted all their help in the back end. I get it. But at some point, you got to get home with four. You have to be able to pressure the quarterback. They just can't do it. So when you're sitting, you're, you're waiting to put all the blame on the offense. I get it. They deserve the lion's share of the blame. But the defense deserves some blame as well. Last thing I want to talk about before we get to the uh, the break and before we get to uh, the winners and losers in the second half. Boy, I, I really, really, really hate comparisons altogether. I, I try not to do it myself. I'm not saying I haven't done it. Uh, I think we're all guilty of it at one time or another. But these people that will want to compare everything, they'll compare Mason Rudolph's time to Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett, uh, but it's going further and further. I, I saw a statistic that the only quarterback that's thrown more interceptions through their first, I don't know how many games or quarters uh, than Kenny Pickett is, none other than Terry Bradshaw. And then, okay, so there you are comparing Terry Bradshaw back in the day in the 70s to now in the 2022 Kenny Pickett. All right, yeah, the stats line up, but does the game line up? Is it the same? The answer is no. And then you have people say, well, you know, Aaron Rodgers in 2018 and 2019 combined, he threw six interceptions total, and Kenny Pickett has thrown seven in 12 quarters. Okay, what, what, what do you want? What is the response that these people are looking for? when they put out these stats. And then the my favorite, I already warned people about it. I warned people about it. They said, oh, the, the Ben Roethlisberger comparisons. Going back to this started, you know, Kenny Pickett's first pass was an interception. It was Ben's second pass was an interception. But still, the, the comparisons just don't stop. You know, this is something I've warned folks about. Hopefully you heeded my warning. If not, it's not fair. It's not fair. And if you were alive or cognizant to watch Ben's rookie season in 2004, you knew it was not always perfect. He was he was lifted up by a really, really good defense and a really good offensive line and a great running game. It, there was some crazy stat at one point where if Ben Roethlisberger threw the ball more than 25 times, the Steelers typically lost. That's what he was dealing with early in his career. He had a great running game, great defense. Just don't mess it up. Just don't muddy the waters. And now you you know you're you're talking about the complete opposite for what Kenny Pickett has. Again, this isn't to say one's better than the other. It's to say don't compare the two. It's not worth your time. Don't compare. Stop with the comparisons. Don't compare Aaron Rodgers in two years to Kenny Pickett. Don't even compare their stats. It's not worth it. Stop. I just don't get it. I wouldn't be say I would say the same thing about anyone else. Mitch Trubisky. Why, why would I compare Mitch Trubisky to Ben Roethlisberger? It's idiotic. All these the comparisons they drive me insane. They absolutely drive me insane. All right, you know what? We're going to take a break. I'm going to catch my breath. When we come back, we'll talk winners and losers. We have a few winners and a whole lot of losers. We'll be right back. Steeler fans, welcome back to the second half of the show. Wow, I'm surprised you stayed with me. You want to hear these winners and losers, obviously. That's what we're doing in the second half of the show. We have three winners 
and eight losers after the Steelers' 16-10 loss to the Miami Dolphins. You know how we do it here, folks. We just state players that played well that deserve credit, whether they win or lose, and players or areas of the Steelers that did not live up to live up to what we'll say up to snuff is a good way of putting it. Let's talk about the winners first. The first winner is George Pickens. I already talked about his six catches on six targets. He had 61 yards, a 10.2 average, a touchdown, his first of his career, and a 30-yard long. You know the picket to Pickens connection remains strong, but what you saw in this game was the Miami Dolphins eventually put their best cornerback, Xavier Howard, on George Pickens, and they said if this rookie is going to do it, he's going to have to do it against our top guy. And they were probably, I, I don't know for sure, the TV angles don't give you a lot. They were probably shading Pickens a lot during that time. And when they're doing that with the safety, someone else has to win their matchup. If George Pickens is starting to get wide receiver one attention, then that means Deontay Johnson or Chase Claypool should be going off, and it hasn't happened. But George Pickens is doing his job. Even if, and and this is one of the stupid narratives that comes out of these games. They just need to throw it to Pickens more. Okay, you you probably just bash the quarterback for throwing picks. What, What do you want him to do, throw it into double coverage? That's what he would be doing. So if Pickens is taking two players out of the equation, someone else has to step up. But Pickens is doing his job, and he's a winner. The next... A defensive bounce back. So I did say that there is some blame to go around with the defense, rightfully so. Talk about that in the loser section. But at the same time, they did settle in after that 13-point first quarter dud. It just, it was like a boat race. It was like a boat race to start the game. And that that is not the style of football the Pittsburgh Steelers want to play. Not with a rookie quarterback. Not with everything that's been discussed. So far, you cannot get into a boat race. So the defense bouncing back, kudos to the coaching staff for making some adjustments, kudos to the players for executing. It was good to see them hold them to only three points after that first quarter. I guess you would call it a falling flat out of the game in the first quarter. The next winner is Pat Fryermuth coming off a concussion. He has eight catches on nine targets, 75 yards, a 9.4 average, still hasn't hit pay dirt yet, with a 21-yard long, that big catch, down the seam, it was great to see just a pass being thrown over the middle. Uh, great, great throw, fantastic catch, just really tight windows. A great throw and catch. Pat Fryermuth, good to have him back uh, on the football field again. Scary with him having his concussion issues and things of that nature, but still good to see uh, Pat Fryermuth, and he is a winner. Believe it or not, that does it for the winners list. Uh, so yeah, the three winners. George Pickens, the defense bouncing back, and Pat Fryermuth round out the winners. Let's go to the losers, eight of them. The first, defensive backs catching footballs. Four, that this is the stat line, four, maybe five, depending on who you talk to and, and all that, dropped interceptions. So th- this always dates back to when I used to watch games with regularity with my brother. And we would watch, you know, Every single game together back in the day, back in the the heyday of Ben Roethlisberger when they were winning Super Bowls. And we used to watch and laugh and also lament Ike Taylor's inability to catch a football. And my brother would always say the same thing. Well, if they could catch, they'd play offense. And he was always right. And you can't say anything like, yeah, that's probably right, that they have the athleticism, but they just don't have the hands. So they play defense. It was really frustrating 
when you see the Cameron Sutton, the Terrell Edmonds, those two stick out of my head. Those were the two that really should have been caught. The other two were tough. Levi Wallace's was like a diving play. But again, you see these plays being made by other people around the league, and it just makes you want to pull your hair out. The defensive backs not catching the ball. Yeah, that, that puts them on the loser list, unfortunately. The next loser is Presley Harvin, the punter. Yeah, the punter can make the loser's list. A 41.8 average, and it's not that the average is bad. He had two inside the 20. The guy just lacks consistency. At one point in the first quarter, when you need a big kick to just say, okay, defense, yeah, I, I, unfortunately I didn't get the first down because I'm, I'm not that player, but I'm going to give them a long field. I'm going to really send a good punt out there, 23 yards. 23 yards. I can punt a ball 23 yards. It's it's the same stuff that I dealt with, and I say myself because I used to get so frustrated with Jordan Berry. It was all about consistency. You just have to be consistent, and right now Presley Harvin is not. He lacks that consistency. And, you know, it's not about the Pittsburgh weather. That stat line, I'm sorry, the stat line that I read off was not that great, and that was warm weather. I don't want to hear, like, well, well, he's not that good in the cold. No. No, not buying that at all. You were down in Florida. (laughs) You were in Florida. Come on. I don't buy that. No. Presley Harvin's on the loser list. Matt Canada talked about it in the first half. I'm not going to rail on this guy too much, but he is a loser on the loser's list. Let me (laughs) rephrase. He is on the loser's list. The, The play calling is an issue. And I, I'm not trying. I'm not giving any quarterback a pass. Mitch Trubisky in the first few games, he struggled. He had his struggles. We'll put it that way. Kenny Pickett has had his struggles, but you cannot watch this football team through a realistic lens and not see that there are issues at the play calling level. And I'm starting to understand why some people, when the Steelers went from Trubisky to Pickett. They said, Jeff, it's not going to matter. They they could put any quarterback out there, but this offensive coordinator, it's not going to matter. I understand what they're saying. I understand what they're saying, and I understand that Matt Canada, if he wants to keep his job, because that's what this comes down to now, folks. Matt Canada, right now, he's trying to do things his way. He's trying to do the things the way that he feels is the best to get his team to, to, to see success. That is scoring points and winning games. They're not doing either of those right now. So he better, if he wants to keep his job, start making some changes. I don't care if that means you have an assistant come in and help out. If you're taking Kenny Pickett, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, uh, anyone else and saying, we need to figure this out. We need to kind of, let's put a plan in place that is a collective. Not just me, it's a collective. We'll see. He's coaching for his career at this point. The next loser at the zero second half points, zero second half points. I, I, I can't believe that that stat line is actually true, that they didn't score a point in the second half, but no one did. Miami, for as great as they looked at times, failed to put up a point in the second half as well. I, that, that, that second half was mind-numbing. It was mind-numbing on a multitude of levels. But it was bad. And it deserves to be on the loser's list. 
The next loser, and again, just so in case anyone's listening to this and saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe that he had this. These are not in any particular order. Sometimes after a win, I will have the winner as like the top winner. But in, in this case, I'm just listing off losers here. So Kenny Pickett's a loser. He is on the losers list this week. And so some people would say he should be first. It's not in order, okay? If you're on the losers list, you're on the losers list. So it doesn't matter if you're first or last. doesn't matter. Kenny Pickett's stat line, 32 of 44, 257 yards, a 5.8 average. He did throw a touchdown to George Pickens. Three interceptions, was sacked twice for 11 yards with a 66.2 rating. He had three carries, or rushes, for 20 yards. The funny thing is, is that if if Pickett doesn't turn it over three times, so if you take away even just one, it's a different outcome. Take away two, and he only turns it over one time, well, then that's a completely different outcome. It's one of those situations that we all knew rookie mistakes were going to happen. I spoke about this in the first half of the show. The defense knows. I mean, gosh, I think back to when Dick LeBeau was the defensive coordinator for the Steelers. When a rookie quarterback would be coming into town, it's almost as if he was just, oh, it's like he would just sit back and say, ha ha, cannot wait for this. And he, he would talk him up and, and all, all that stuff, but he knew exactly what to do, how to disguise coverages, how to make their life a living hell for those four quarters. Yeah, we're experiencing that right now with uh, Kenny Pickett going through some of those rookie mistakes. I, I said this before the game started on Twitter. I said that Kenny Pickett needs that moment. I've said it on this podcast too. He needs that moment, that one moment. And, and some people are like, well, he needs that game. I get it. But sometimes they're baby steps. You need to have that moment before you have moments. You need moments before you have a dominating performance in a game. And so he needs that moment. He's had flashes. He's had great throws, great anticipation, reading the defense, making good decisions. But he's still having those rookie moments as well. I thought that he had a, a perfect opportunity twice. I didn't think he was only gonna, even going to get the second opportunity to have that moment. If you think about they go down the field. And there they are. They're in the red zone. They're, they have a, they're threatening to score. And it's still around the two-minute warning. And it, they get backed up with penalties. We'll talk about that in a second. Ends up throwing an interception. They get the ball back. Okay, this is the moment. Here we go. My dad's texting me. Is this it? I said, I sure hope so. And it wasn't. And it wasn't. So the moment's going to have to wait. But in the meantime, Kenny Pickett's on the losers list. The next loser is Wadey Downs. Mike Tomlin loves that term. You got to win the weighty downs, like third downs. Steelers were four for 14 offensively. The red zone, one for two. Like I said, when the field gets shorter, you can't you can't get tight. You cannot have a, a, an offense that falters when the field gets short. That's exactly what's happening. It's exactly what's happening. The Steelers, everyone wants to know what's going on with the offense. Start winning in these areas, and a lot will change really quick. Next loser, we have two left, This the pass rush. Here's your stat line for the Miami Dolphins game. No sacks, one quarterback hit. Remember back when the Steelers had that streak of, what was it, 50-some games, maybe 60? I don't even remember how high, the, how high it went, where the consecutive games with a sack. This is the second game this season, I believe. Might even be the third. No, it's at least the second game this season. The Steelers have not registered a sack, and only one quarterback hit. I know that Tua is kind of mobile. 
I know that he gets rid of the ball quickly. That's just not it. That's just not good enough. And it's just proving what I had been saying since TJ Watt got hurt in week one. This defense cannot just be a one-man band. They cannot just be a one-man wrecking crew. And they are. Minka can only do so much in the back end. Cam Hayward can only do so much in the front. I understand that when TJ Watt's in that lineup, they have to put so much emphasis on stopping him. It frees everyone else up. But that can't be your regular defense. Not if you're expected to be a legitimate contender. The last loser, penalties. Five for 44, five for 40 yards. I'm sorry, 40 yards. So remember, it's not so much by how many, but it's when they had the penalties. Think about that drive in the first fourth quarter. It's second and short. Uh, or maybe it was third down, I can't remember. They, they do the quarterback sneak with Kenny Pickett, and they have Miles Boykin behind him, and they call them for a, a, an illegal shift, two players shifting at the same time. So now that second and short turns, I think it's second and one, turns to second and six. Then there's a penalty. I think this one was holding on Dan Moore, which turns it into a second and 16. Then it turns into the interception. This is one of those situations where they cannot shoot themselves in the foot. You just can't do it. It's discipline. It's bad all around. There you have it. Those are my losers. I'm not reading over those again. I'm not doing that. No, thank you. No, thank you. All right, so it's not a victory Monday. It is a down Tuesday as the Steelers now prepare themselves to play the Philadelphia Eagles, the undefeated Eagles in Philadelphia this Sunday coming up in week eight before the week nine bye week. I feel like a lot of the fans are just saying, can we just get to the bye week already? We've got we to get through one more game before we get to that bye week. So it's been it's been an adventure. We will put it that way. It has been an adventure. But I thank you all for sticking with me, for sticking with BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and with all of our podcasts on the podcast network. Don't leave us, folks. I know it's tough, but this is part of the process, unfortunately. Stay with us. Stay with us. Trust me, you won't regret it. All right, that does it for me. Be on the lookout for the Tuesday mailbag tweet. You can follow me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. All you got to do is respond to that tweet. I'll answer the question on my Wednesday mailbag podcast. In the meantime, you know how we finish it up here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Go Steelers. See you on Wednesday.